Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by Living Word Church. We trust that as you hear the Word of God preached, you'll be encouraged and equipped to love God and do His will. If you're looking for a church home, please feel free to visit our Sunday morning worship service at 10 a.m. or visit our website at www.livingwordchurch.cc. And now for our message. Welcome him as he comes, please. give just a brief introduction to Jamil, especially as it's in the context of the series we're doing now in the heart of God. And so how many people remember some of the topics we've covered as far as the heart of God series the last couple weeks? Can you shout out a couple of the topics? Anybody remember? Joy. In God's heart is joy eternal. That God himself is an erupting volcano of joy. And those who draw near and those who know him find joy. Good. What else? Steadfast love, I heard that one. Bingo in the lounge. Um, God's steadfast love, that means his never-ending, persevering, unconditional, zealous love for you. That's part of his heart. That's who he is towards you. What else? Who was fatherhood? That God is in his heart a father. And that even the best of us, the best fathers among us, are just a glimpse of his fathering heart towards us. That was a great message Andy preached. What else? Generosity. Generosity. God's heart is overflowing with generosity. He's not stingy. He's not miserly. He's, he's just not Dutch. Whoa, zinger. Wow, right? It's like I just lit a stink bomb in my own kitchen. I get it. He's not. He is generous. And those Dutch people among us who have broken free from your cultural dilemma, praise God for that, Van Dyke, and praise God for that, Altoff and all your good Dutch people, princes. Anyways, but he's not miserly. He is generous in his kindness and love. And, all right, what else? We're almost there, Jamil. Nope. <laughs> what else? What? Integrity of heart. That God's heart desires integrity or honesty in the secret place. So God is fired up about us being profoundly honest and real with him. He's not here to condemn or to judge, because every one of us, when we're honest and real with God, he sees our junk and our garbage. Let's call it what the Bible calls it, our sin. And he's not put off by our sin, he's, he, but he is, in, he is delighted at the honesty. He delights in the honesty in our inner places. And then he'll help us to deal with our sin. Many people think they got to get their life sorted out before they come to God. I can't say how many people I've talked to about that. Like, I'd come to church, but I got to get my life sorted out. I'm like, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. We do that in the power of God together because we're all kind of getting things sorted out. Don't re-preach, Dave. Okay, but that was a good one. What else? Integrity of heart. Absolutely. We just did that one. Good. What else? Thank you. Who did that one? Winner, winner, chicken dinner. That God's heart is for justice, particularly justice for the marginalized and the hurting. And we did that whole thing with Freedom Sunday and modern slavery and trafficking. It was a heavy morning. And we prayed for the different areas of the world. And we sought God as we opened up our minds and our hearts to the reality of this awful, awful epidemic in our world. God's heart is being, we're trying to lay that out. So not only will we see it, but in seeing God's heart, we would be just drawn to it and that we ourselves might 
reflect and live out God's heart. It's no good just to know that God is generous and say, well, I can still be stingy. Like, no, I want to be God's heart to my situation wherever I'm at. And so today, I'm just, this is all going somewhere. Um, I've invited my friend Jamil to come and talk about God's heart for the poor. Because I have found in this man a incredible heart for the poor. And when we've spoken about it, my, literally, my heart just, it doesn't know whether to weep or to dance. Because I'm like, yes, that's it. And so many of us have a really a hard time finding a category for the poor. Right? Either we're like bleeding hearts and we just, we just overwhelmed emotionally, or we just kind of wall up and we callous. We're like, I don't know how to fix all that. I don't have to deal with all that. And so we don't have a good category for it. But we need to know that as we study and look at God's heart and we seek to reflect God's heart in our lives, that God's passionate heart for the poor is filled. The Bible is just filled with it, cover to cover. Cover to cover. Jamil leads a, um, a church here in Lansing, but he also leads a homeless ministry. And he, every week, all week, is giving himself and his family as well. You can tell the stories, whatever you want to do this morning. But as I've seen it, I wanted us to taste it, to just get a feel for what God has put in his heart. Because I think it will challenge you. It has me. I think it will change the way you think about things. And I trust in the power of God It'll help us as a church have the right response and the right outpouring of our own testimony of Christ and love and care for the poor. Do you, are you with me on that? All right. So without further ado. Give me a hug. All right. Bring it. I am proud to say that Pastor Prince is my friend. I am very proud to say that. Um, I'm slightly emotional at the moment because um, when I didn't know where to go and when I was having some issues in my life due to illness, um, God introduced me to Pastor Prince. And he kind of hit a home run on my behalf. So I told him, whether you like it or not, you have a friend in me. I will stalk you. I will continue <laughs> to send text messages to you until you respond. And and I mean, that's how I got my wife, so. Um, so it works, believe me. It, it bears fruit. It bears fruit. So, so he is a, I, I sincerely love him. And I sincerely love you too because um, whether you know it or not, your generosity and your love has trickled down um, to me, myself, and my family. So give yourself a hand real quick, all right? Give yourself, yourself a hand. Uh, Pastor Prince um, said, uh, he is correct, my wife and I, my family, and um, pretty much our church, uh, we help and we deal with the homeless about three days out the week, um, Tuesday, Thursday, and on Sunday. Uh, we partner with another good friend of mine, Pastor Scott Reese, which I love him, um, and another, ah, she knows him, yeah. I, uh, I've, I've been working um, very, in very close proximity with Scott for the past three years and um, Sam as well. Uh, primarily, my heart for the poor, um, I think it was given to me by God. Um, I remember my parents. I have to throw my parents out there. I remember um, I was walking to the store um, with my dad one day, and it was a, a homeless man outside. 
And I said, I was like, Dad, look at that bomb. And he told me, he was like, son, don't say that. And from that moment, he probably doesn't remember. I remember the store Sonny's, though. Um, we were crossing the street, and I, I remember seeing a gentleman. And from that moment, I started to see just how important the homeless were, regardless of what type of trials and tribulations that they have had to face. And so with no further ado, isn't it interesting that as Christians, truth is not about a bunch of philosophical concepts. Truth is not about just the commandments, even though it does involve the commandments. You see, when you are a Christian, truth is a person. Truth is never about an idea. Truth is about a person who died on the cross while we were yet sinners. For the Christian, again, the way is a person, and life for the Christian is a person. We lose our life within Christ. And so today, this is what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to see things from Christ's perspective, and I'm going to ask you to lose your life in Christ that you may gain it. For starters off, me and Pastor Prince, um, we spoke last week. I had a scripture that I was going to go, up, to go over um, first, but I think the Lord just kind of switched that up. That's what God does. You start making plans, and he just starts um, interrupting what you have planned. Isn't that correct? And so today, I want to start off with 1 John 3 and 17. It reads, but whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. The next one, James chapter 2, verse 15 and 16. He says, if a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and be filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does that profit? We're going to talk about, and I won't be before you very long, we're going to talk about knowing God's heart for the poor, but I think very briefly we need to know and understand, which I know because I've listened to some of the sermons that was online on your website coming up to this series. Um, I know that you already know. But let's understand knowing God. Real quick, do not raise your hand. But I want you to think and answer the question inside of your own mind. Do you know God? Do not raise your hand. But think in your mind right now, do you know God? And as you are thinking about that, does it fall within the context of 1 John where it says, Now by this we know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. Meditate on that real quick because you see, commercialized Christianity has taught us to believe that our feelings teach us that we know God, or a thought in our head teaches us that we know God, or our emotions teaches us that we know God. But the reality is we must have the scriptural description on whether or not we know God, and that is by following his commandments and love. Are you with me still? 
I won't be before you very long. We learn to keep the Lord's commandments by struggling with the commandments. And God knows this. When it says that if we keep his commandments, then that's how we know that we know him. We must struggle with that. We must struggle to obey God. And God knows that we struggle to obey him sometimes. However, that does not take us off the hook. Why? Because we are his children. Why? Because we say we love him. Why? Because he indeed loves us. And so if you have never struggled with the commandments of God, if you have never been thinking in your brain, I do not want to do this, but you ended up doing it anyway, I got a couple laughs. Have you been there before? Come on, be honest. We in church now. If you have never been thinking in your brain like, you know what, I do not want to do this, but I'm going to do the right thing anyway, keep on living. Keep on walking with the Lord, and I guarantee you it will be a time where your mind is telling you not to do something, but the Holy Spirit will bring to remembrance the words of the Lord, and I pray that you submit to them. Learning to love what what God loves and learning to abstain from what the Lord hates. What is it that God loves? When you think about it, you should think about yourself. You should think about souls. And when you start the process of thinking about God's love for you, you should also start thinking about your love for your neighbor. Because love begins with the process of first loving God. This is why the Lord told us, he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. So when we start love with God, with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our strength, he then says what? Love your neighbor as yourself. Who is your neighbor? Everybody. Who is your neighbor? Even your enemies. Who is your neighbor? The people you don't know. Who is your neighbor? even those who have yet to be saved. So God requires kindness, and he calls us to distribute his mercy to everyone, not just to those whom we love and those who are our friends. God's heart for the poor, Proverbs, he who oppresses the poor reproaches his maker, but he who honors the poor has mercy on the needy. Proverbs 19 and 17, he who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord. Have you ever thought about that when you see the gentleman on the street begging for money, that if you give to him, you're lending to the Lord? Have you ever thought about that? You see, we agree that God is in this place right now, right? Amen. You better say amen. God is here. God is present, right? But guess what? God is also present with the poor. Matter of fact, Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 25, he says, whatever it is that you have done to them, you have also done to me. So when you see the poor, what I would like for you to do, I would like for you to treat them like, like they are Christ. Think of it in this context. If Jesus Christ walked in here right now, 
think about how many of you would be scrambling, all right? If Christ walked in right now, he said that he was hungry because he did eat after the resurrection. If he came in right now and said he was hungry, how many of you would be running to get a cup of water for him? How many of you would be running to, to get some food? How many of you would be bowing down before him? Think about all of the respect and reverence that you would be showing him. Well, I would like to bring to you the remembrance, to your remembrance, the words of Christ. Whatever you have done to them, you have also done to me. If you want to hug Christ, hug the poor. If you want to love Christ, love the poor. If you want to touch Christ, touch them. Wash their feet. Loan to them. Pay homage to their ministry. Matthew chapter 5, verse 42. The Lord Jesus Christ says, Give to him who asks of you, and from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. That's what your Bible says. That's what our Bible says. That's what our Jesus says. So I'm going to challenge you today. The next time you see someone who is in need, not just on the street, but period, I pray that you would give to them because our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ have asked you to give to them. Think of it in this context. God is gracious to all, correct? The scripture says that God is kind to the just as well as the unjust, that the sun shines on everyone, doesn't it? I would like for you to distribute that same homage with your grace and your mercy to the homeless. You see, oftentimes we come into a fix of, you know what, I just gave to this guy yesterday. What I want you to think about before you withhold your mercy from them is that how many times have you prayed to God yesterday and you come into him with the exact same prayer? I want you to think about that when they come to you asking for your help, that you will remember the help that you need from God, that you will remember the mercy and the generosity that you need from God when you see them. Oftentimes, the reason why we must trust God's word and not our feelings, you see, God did not ordain our gut feelings, even though they can be reliable sometimes. What's ordained is God's word. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but his word is not going to pass away. So regardless of what's going on up here, regardless of what you are thinking about, regardless of what you think you know about a person, I still want you to be gracious and merciful because that is exactly how God answers your prayers. You think you know something about this person and want to refuse to give to him. What if God distributed out prayers with our thinking? that you know what, this person isn't good enough to receive from me right now. This person needs to kind of get their act together to receive from me right now. This person kind of needs to start to, to get on my level for me to give to them right now. What if God treated us that way? But God doesn't, does he? If you think of it in this context, that you should not trust your heart 
and you should not trust your mind, but you should trust the word of God. Think about what Paul said in the book of Romans when he said that we don't even know what to pray for. He says, but the spirit makes intercession for us. That's act. Oh, well, thank you. (laughs) That's in Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 27. Oftentimes we think we know what to pray, but it's the spirit that makes intercession for us. Oftentimes we pray for wrong things, but thank God it's the spirit that makes intercession for us. So when we go to God and we say, God, should I give to this person? God, I gave to them yesterday. I want you to remember the word of God. Not what your gut, not what your mind, and not what your heart is saying. Remember what the word of God is saying. Luke chapter 6, verse 34 and 35. And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. But love your enemies, do good, and lend, hoping for nothing in return, And your reward will be great. And you will be sons or children of the Most High. For he is kind to the unthankful and the evil. Therefore, be merciful just as your father also is merciful. If you hope to give to the homeless or to the poor and receive something in return, you should stop yourself. Because it's a gift just enough to be known as a child of God. And even God says that he will reward you. But notice the words, he is kind to the unthankful and the evil. And then he says, therefore, meaning that everything that was said before is predicated on the statement that he is now about to make. He says, therefore, be merciful just as your father also was merciful. So when you see people on the street or when you see the homeless and when you see them being unthankful and when you see them being evil, I want you to remember the love of your father, that he is kind to the unthankful and the evil. Because we are God's children, we partake of his grace. We partake of his mercy. And that grace and mercy should be liberally distributed to everyone. reality is we do not want God to answer prayer according to our own merits. Do we? Then don't allow someone else's works then to hinder your kindness and generosity. Extend to them out of love. Well, you may say, well, why is that? It's because you are called to be different. If you think about it, If you are kind to the unthankful and the evil, who are you being like? You are putting on Christ. Does not the scripture say that while we were yet sinners, that Christ died for the ungodly? So I pray that when you see people acting evil and being unthankful, that you will find it in your heart, that you will find Christ on the inside, that the Holy Spirit will bring to your remembrance, that you are called to be kind to them as well. I'm almost done. 
I'm almost done. <laughs> Don't make me laugh. I pray that you treat each beggar you see like the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that in that day when we all want to see our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that we will not be found guilty, that he will not be uh, the one, that we will not be the one that he has to say to, that I was naked and you did not clothe me. I was thirsty and you did not give me drink. I was sick and you did not come visit me. We can ask that question to ourselves right now. Lord, where were you? When were you naked and I clothed you? When were you thirsty and I gave you drink? When were you hungry and I fed you? We can answer that question ourselves right now. If we go out, if we choose to go out to do that, we too can say, because I have done it to them, I have also done it to the Lord. Every homeless person is not addicted to drugs. Every homeless person is not an alcoholic. Many of them have fallen on hard times because they have lost their jobs or they have become sick and fallen behind on the rent. And then you do have some homeless who enjoy staying homeless. However, that should not dictate our generosity. They deserve the same love and compassion as anyone else. I want to share a couple quotations for you. Is that all right? Remember, you asked for it. This is from John Chrysostom, one of the, an early church father. He says, lift up and stretch out your hands, not to heaven, but to the poor. For if you stretch forth your hands to the poor, you have reached the summit of heaven. But if you lift up your hands in prayer without sharing with the poor, it is worth nothing. Every family should have room where Christ is welcome in the person of the hungry and the thirsty stranger. The poor are a greater temple than the sanctuary. This altar, the poor, you can raise up anywhere on the street and offer worship at any hour. You see, you have church with your generosity. You have church with your almsgiving. And God looks at you and says, I will reward that person. He says, I will reward that person. Many times, what I have learned with my personal experience, I have learned a lot of humility. My wife shared with me one time, we were, it was around Christmas time. And the snow was looking beautiful outside. And everybody had their lights up, and everybody is filling the season. But she reminded me about our homeless friends. And on how many of them are not enjoying the dust of the snow. On how many of them who are sleeping outside in park districts, many of them who are sleeping in forest preserves, that this weather makes things even more difficult and even harder for them. Another quote, I only got, I have like eight, but I won't give you all eight. Clement of Alexandria, he says, do not try to judge who is worthy 
and who is unworthy of your alms. For it is possible that you may be mistaken in your opinion. As in the uncertainty of your ignorance, it is better to do good to the undeserving for the sake of the deserving than by guarding against those who are less good to fail to provide for those who are good. By being sparing and trying to test who deserve to receive your alms or not, you may neglect some who are loved by God. We understand confidently, as Pastor Prince said, almsgiving, taking care of the poor, is throughout the entire Bible. It is throughout the entire Bible. Being kind to everyone is through our entire Bible. Think of it in this context, and I'm about to get ready to close. If our Lord Jesus Christ taught us and commanded us to love our enemies, right? What did he say do to our enemies? He said if your, if your enemy is hungry, he said give him food through the Apostle Paul. He said if your enemy is thirsty, he says give him drink, Apostle Paul. If we're commanded to love our enemies, then it is definitely no prerequisite for our mercy with the poor because they are neither our enemy and neither have they done anything wrong to us. I want you to go to a homeless person. I want you to listen to their lies and their false promises. And then I still want you to be a cheerful giver. I want you to know that they will waste your money, possibly on bad things. And then I want you to think about the false promises that you may have given God. God, I'm going to change this in my life. And then two months have gone past. Or God, I'm going to go do this for you, God. And two years have gone past. How many false promises have we given to God? How many times have God given us better health, new life, and finances, and we have squandered it? But yet he has been merciful. That's why I want you to listen to their lies, listen to the sob story, and I still want you to give cheerfully because you are being a child of your father when you do that. He listens to our false promises. He listens to, oh, I'm going to do better. He listens to all of these things. But because he calls the ending from the beginning, he knows, right? Well, you're going to start off good, but a week later, when you get the new job, you're going to stop doing it. Or he say, up, oh, your emotions are all in it. The heart goes out very quickly, but it takes the mind time to catch up. And so once the mind catches up, sometimes we stop. So I want you to, to extend that type of mercy to the poor. When you see them, I want you to think of Christ. Regardless of what lies, regardless if they are unthankful, regardless if they may even be evil, I want you to bless them. Before I close, I think I would be remiss at the type of giving that we can give. If you have a problem, have I given money 
to drug addicts and alcoholics? Yes. Well, you may say, well, that's terrible. You're not being a good steward. Well, let me tell you, they still eat. They still eat. So let us not have a, a, a whole high and mighty type of persona and think that just because somebody is high and asking for money or because they are drunk and asking for money that they still don't deserve our charity. I'm almost done. If you have an issue with giving money, I pray that you grow from that issue. But something that you can do in the meantime, you can buy gift cards. Gift cards are a good alternative if you have issues with money. You could do a, a gas gift card. Believe it or not, some of them do have cars. Or you can do a food gift card. But always, always give. Always give. Whether it's money, a gift card, take them in a store and buy what they need for them. Always give. Because that is exactly how we always want God to deal with us. That when we pray, God, we want you to give. When we pray, God, we want this from you. When we pray, God, I want that from you. When we pray, God, I need this from you. Extend to them the same mercy that you want from God. 